Hey kids, this is Yoshi, and this episode of podcast is brought to you by Punk Apparel. Go to punk.co, that's punc.co, and enter promo code YOSHI, Y-O-S-H-I, in all caps, at the checkout for 15% off all items. Punk Apparel accepts all major currencies and offer free worldwide shipping. And the last thing I need to mention to you guys is that um, I've been doing this medical lab job literally as guinea pig, and I haven't got paid from one of the facility. And I'm really angry with them because every time they say they're going to call me back, they don't, and they have not paid me. It's been over 60 days, and they have a history of not paying people. So I really appreciate if you guys go to Yelp to complain. Uh, I also appreciate if you guys go to Business Consumer Alliance and complain about them. So the name of the facility is Stay Well Research, uh, which is located in 8... 18250 Roscoe Boulevard, room 240, Northridge, California. So the address is 18250 Roscoe Boulevard, room 240, Northridge, California. And their number is 866-407-0266. Call them, tell them to pay Yoshi, okay? I appreciate it if you could do that. Number is 866-407-0266. And the company name is Staywell Research. Um... I would appreciate you guys putting pressure on these guys because for five or six months, I literally went there and give them my shit, literally. And they haven't paid me back for my shit. So contact Business Consumer Alliance. And the owner of of the company's name, Jay Udani, J-A-Y space U-D-A-N-I. I don't know who the fuck he is. I don't know what his background. I know that a lot of the workers were speaking Russian, but give me my money and get the fuck out of Ukraine and give me my money, you scumbag, Jay. And the company code, the number that refers to company to complain, their code is 1000906956. So guys, complain to them, call them, uh, call them to complain about not paying me, 866-407-0266. All right, guys, thanks, and uh, see you guys soon. Bye. You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Driving uh, to Third Street in downtown uh, Vegas, and I'm here with Edwin San Juan and Shay. How do you uh, pronounce your last name? San Juan. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Montante. Okay. Um, well, you you could kind of give it away what we're gonna do. So, Edwin, you want to explain to everyone what what's going on? Because I just got in to your place last night. I'm not. Right. I haven't been in here for 24 hours yet. You haven't even slept the full eight hours in our bed. Four of it was in your car. Not tonight, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, man, we're, it's Sunday. Uh, we're getting ready to drive to downtown and get married. We got to go get our license first, and then we have a 420 appointment at the courthouse. And, and the funny thing is, you didn't specifically ask for 420, right? They no. just give it to you. I didn't even set the arrangement stuff, so Shay did. So she was like, we're getting married on 420. And I was like, what? The judge knows me. <laughs> it just happened, no pun intended, board, but uh, organically. <laughs> so Shay, this this is gonna be an exciting day for you. I mean, 
Um, you met a really great guy, and Edwin is just, you know, not only is he a professionally a great comedian, but just a decent human being. A very comedian, I know that say the same thing about him, so I'm really happy for both of you. Aw, thank you. We're happy that you can join us in this. Well, I mean, I, I thought it was so. I thought you were joking last night because I just showed up and then, well, we're getting married tomorrow. Like, the last wedding I've been was Pato Peter's here about three or four years ago. Uh, but, um, so, Edwin, um. Hopefully, you're not a bad omen. <laughs> so, you guys turned it right the first time. So, um, are you nervous? Um, I don't know. No, I'm not nervous at all. I think this is like, we've been wanting to do this for a while already. more nervous later when we get married at the church when all the family's there and everything it's gonna sure. be more of it but, but this is just more formality so we can just get all the assurance and everything all put our we're all on the same page and stuff right so it's a very it's a big day it's important i think when we get married in the church we're gonna do it on this day also so it's we just have one anniversary date and wedding you know what i mean oh so, so it's actually so a year from today year today or maybe two years we'll see how this you know yeah 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 looking for the place but yeah good, good, good thing you got to buy, pay off both of them 
up. It was a beautiful uh, wedding. I... Yes, we have a beautiful witness, and... right? <laughs> <laughs> it was fast and quick. It was kind of like how I like weddings to be. It's yeah. not long and drawn out. I mean, when you look move at one point when you were saying the vow to your wife. Yeah. You know, I think it didn't really, because I wasn't thinking about saying the vows. And yeah. when she was saying in those words, they hit home and it's really like, wow, this is the real deal. Like, it's until death do you part and better or worse, sickness and health. Sure. And I wanted to make jokes about it, but I thought, oh, this is not the right time. This is serious. This is real serious. And Jay, you look fantastic. And oh, the ceremony you. was great. Um, it made you look a little, a little girlish. You know, you look very excited and radiant. Uh, it was really fun. And um, thanks for reminding me. And your friends, what was their names again? Oh, Matt uh, and Joaquin. And they're the uh, the main guys that are, you know, they're our partners in, in this whole deal of me coming out to Planet Hollywood and being the resident comedian. So Matt and Joaquin are the guys that I met like right. six, seven years ago. And it was really funny during the vow. Uh, well, at the end of it, the baby just kept crying the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look into our future. <laughs> <laughs> When, when, when I had to put the ring on Chase's finger, it was smooth, and then she had to put the ring on my finger. And then I could hear Matt and Joaquin laughing in the back because my knuckles are all crooked and stuff. And I said, they were like, is he going to be able to put it on my finger? Uh, we got free flowers. Yeah. Yes. Things happen really kind of spontaneous. It was pretty crazy. I didn't think at first I was worried that we weren't going to make it in time. It was going to be too crowded, but it was smooth. The only run up hic hiccup we had was not having Okay, welcome to the new episode, and I'm in Las Vegas. I'm leaving Las Vegas as we speak right after this episode, and uh, um, you probably heard like maybe five, seven minute 
um, clip before this, which you heard uh, Edwin Samuan and his lovely wife, um, Shay. And uh, this part, I am interviewing Edwin. And uh, hopefully within two weeks, I'll be interviewing Shay in San, San Diego, right? Yes, yeah. San Diego. Mm -hmm. So Edwin, thanks for uh, putting me on the show. Uh, we just finished the show like barely an hour ago. Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, I really appreciate it. I, I, you, I was a little rusty, so it's, it's great that you gave me the chance to go up like eight, nine times. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, the projects that we want to work. You know, you, you, you're into comic book. In fact, you know that stuff way better than I do. And I'm really excited to uh, have you join me and Chris Gore. Right. And um, uh, I'm also excited that you and Shay is going to start um, a podcast show with you two. And, of course, in addition, in addition to your daughter, Right. Uh, you're going to give birth. Your wife's going to give birth in what? December? December 20th is the expected date. Yeah. But it might come early because I came early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, man. I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, after all these years of knowing you, that you're a resident comic at Planet Hollywood. And if you're coming to Vegas, check out Edwin San Juan's show at uh, Planet Hollywood at V Theater, right? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, inside the Miracle Mile Mall. Yeah, it's at the V Theater, and it's nightly at nine p.m. Yeah. Also, night. I wanted to thank you for coming, and it was great seeing you again. Like I said, you're one of my favorite comics. I I don't, I, I don't say that about everybody, you know. I really am because the fact that you're Asian and you're out there with your material is fucking. You're my hero. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times I want to say stuff, but I don't. But you have the balls, and you're out there, you know. And because I'm I'm always worried about how the crowd's gonna perceive me and worry I want to have a good set. That's why sometimes I don't write new stuff because I'm always doing what I know is gonna kill. Right. Because that whole Asian in me or whatever. But the fact that you go out there on the limb night after time and, and you just throw it out there is, is like, it, to me, is inspiring. Well, it's it's not it's not like I'm I'm brave. It's just that's my taste, you know. And um, um, I mean, I I don't think you're you're being clean on uh, on purpose. Either. I think that's who you are. You know, like mm. out of all the Asian groups. Asian people, you know, you you never really hear anything nasty about Filipino and Thai people. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't, they don't have, you guys don't have a reputation like a mean people. Right. Whereas I have Japanese name, but ethnically Korean, and I think Korean people, especially in Southern California, are, you know, we're I think we're known as pretty aggressive, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. you do, you do. I mean, we don't want to get in detail, but you do have a joke about talking about different Asian groups and Koreans. Have a stereotype be more aggressive, yeah. You know because of LA riots in the early nineties and whatnot. But um, they're forced into it because they open up those markets in the in the yeah. bad areas. You know what I mean? So they're dealing with that every day. So I just I think they came callous to that. I don't know if that's Koreans' nature in general, but you know because of their environment, it's like jazz. Yeah, it's 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 because that product of their environment where they are. You know, so Koreans got thick skin and they're tough. But ooh, I think impressive. there was a lot of problem between the Koreans and uh, black people because there was a lot of misunderstanding. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people overseas watch TV or movies and have this kind of impression about black people that is not fair. You know, right. like because I would say vast majority of black people, like I, even if they don't like you, they're living alone or they're nice people. It's just some small percentage of them that make them look bad. Right. And I think Korean people watching those TV movies and things like that, where a lot of the criminals are black or bad guys are black, and right. like they already have this preconceived notion. And let's be honest, if you're immigrant, you're coming to another country, a lot of time you have to leave your country if you have, because you have a limited amount of opportunity. Right. Maybe you're not as sophisticated or educated, so you have this kind of like attitude that maybe it's not compatible in a poor neighborhood. But I think 
relationship between black people and Korean people has improved vastly. I mean, the younger generation, they get along with blacks and like Koreans get along with them and yeah. blacks get along with the Korean people. You know? Yeah. So Heinz Ward, he's half black, half Korean. Yeah. But I'm just, but what it is, they're, they're coming from another country, but they're coming to the hoods. They're not yeah. moving into Bel Air or no. not opening shops there. So they're not experiencing those type of black people. They're seeing, they're seeing the hood ones, the ones they saw on TV that are always play, portrayed as bad guys. And even if you don't see bad things, you know, you watch movie about Southern California, you always see this stereotypical thing where, you know, you see a rich white guy driving convertible by Malibu Beach and like, you right. know, that's like, yeah, who doesn't want to live like that? But most people don't live. Um, yeah. In life of rich and famous, you know, so but I, I think overall my impression, you know, I, I lived in California from 1985 to 90. I did. I did sense racial tension a little bit here and there. Right. Yeah. But I mean, wouldn't you agree? Things are better. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's just a natural progression, I think, an evolution of it all. Yeah. Right. Because when I was in high school, too, it, it was segregated. The blacks hung out with the blacks and the Latinos, you know, you had your little cliques and I graduated 87. You know, and look out, we're in 2014. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were you were born, raised in California? No, I was made in Taiwan. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> so, if, if for those of you who don't know, Edwin's a uh, like I said, he's a very funny comedian. And um, so, you're born in Taiwan because I guess your dad was a military. Yeah, he was yeah. in the Navy. So we're military brats, and we were born all over. <laughs> my, my two brothers were born in Guam, and my sister in West Virginia. Sorry, I'm smoking a joint right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you're going to play a movie role and so uh, character requires smoking a lot of weed. Right. So it's really actually homework I'm doing right yeah. now. It's getting into the character. So your dad was a U.S. citizen. Yeah. So when we were born, we were naturalized because he was in the military. Right. It was a big deal, too. When he was in the Philippines, he was a newspaper and stuff because they only they took some Filipinos in the U.S. Navy. It was huge. You know what I mean? It was only him. I think on the ship it was just like two other Filipinos on there, you know. Is that right? Yeah, when he was. What a, what what, what was your uh, what your what, what's your dad's name? Lorenzo San Juan. So and then he would like cut all the chiefs' hair on the ship and stuff like that. Yeah. And stuff and he would tell me stories about the navy. It was pretty cool. So he was born in the Philippines. Uh huh. Okay, Manila. Manila. Yeah. Okay. Pasay. And and then um, when did he leave Philippines to become a U.S. citizen? When did that happen? Do you remember? Do you know? Man, I don't know. Because I'm the youngest, right? So yeah. we were in Guam. I wasn't even born yet. I see. See, then Guam to Virginia. So we were in the United States. And then my dad was stationed in Taipei. So then that's when you know, I was born. Right. So then we came out here in 60, 70, maybe? No, 70. Okay. So you yeah. were just a kid. I was yeah, just yeah. a kid. Yeah. yeah. A baby, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, barely. So, think, yeah. so were you, were, were you living in like Cyprus? Where were you? Cerritos. Cerritos. Oh, before oh. that, we lived in Long Beach because okay. the military base was there, Terminal Island. It's closed yeah. down now, but we lived in the Navy housings, stuff like that when I was little. And then my dad had his own business, so he was always working. So I remember uh, being the youngest of four. But then, like, my ba my dad had you know my brothers and then my sister and it was like maybe like four years before they had me they, they were just gonna have three kids but they were trying to have another girl i see it's like two boys and two girls and then i came out and so what, what was it like um and, and your mom was working too she wasn't in the navy right no no she's just the housewife really and then uh she had some jobs small ones but when my dad started his business she started working for him i see so then it was just family business what were you guys doing? What kind of business was it? Uh, Langanisa. It's like a Filipino sausage. Oh. Yeah, he would make uh, Filipino meat, sausage, uh, tocino, tapa. And then he would export, import, export stuff from the Philippines, like noodles and rice, yeah. stuff like that. 
So when you were growing up, Cerritos, was there a lot of Asian people when you were growing up? Uh, my best friend was Japanese, but all my neighborhood was all mixed. I had a, there was some black kids across the street, yeah. Mexicans. I think Cerritos is one of the most ethnically diverse cities in the nation. I mean, how would you describe Cerritos? It's still in L.A. County, right? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's on the border of L.A. Orange County. Ah, okay. and then it's um, it's a nice neighborhood, but the problem is the surrounding neighborhoods are bad. Like, like they're like some of them are gang infested and stuff. Right. Like that. And so it's a good area, but the surrounding areas are like. I remember like the first time I find out where you live because my car broke down on the way and like I was trying to like, where the fuck who could I call and drop this fucking piece of shit car I remember that yeah and uh, this is like seven years ago or something and um, for some reason I remember you <laughs> Cerritos and like I said I saw a, a sign like Cerritos like three miles away so even though the tire was all fucked I mean no it wasn't tire it's just like a smoke was coming out of my car I just fucking forced my car to make it over there Damn. and like smoke was coming out so I should finally made a Cerritos and like um and I think I called you, got a permission to take my car there, and had a like trip away. For those of you who live overseas, it's it's you know it's you pay insurance and these people help you with um, and for Mexicans, yeah, because they don't know about insurance. So, <laughs> <laughs> would you let? Was it even there for a day or two, or not even? I think no, you right away. I, I, I was start getting nervous because I think I ended up being there almost like seven to ten days, if oh, I remember yeah, right. And it's so like, yeah. hey, yo, I, I understand we have problem, but you know, my mom started giving me a hard time about this piece of <laughs> shit. Remember that piece of shit? So, like, I finally had a. Um, I'm like grown now. My mom's like, yeah. <laughs> so, eventually, um, I donated like. You know those kids organization they take you use car and uh, break okay. them into pieces and like make money and help the you know the child affair or right. something so they finally took it so that's I, i'm glad i just remember just i just talked people and like i remember you were telling me about that yeah i forgot and then the irony is now you're coming back from indianapolis picking up a car right <laughs> after like seven eight nine <laughs> years, years after yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you probably been to two or three cars been through two or three cars since then huh? ever since i moved to california February 2003 how many cars they have I have one one two three four this would be like a fifth one I think wow. yeah wow. it's all a piece of shit because I always make effort like spending money on traveling right. I really didn't give a shit what my car looks like right and um yeah, so this is this, but this is the nicest car I ever had you know uh, my good friend Stan Chen I don't know if you ever met him he's a comedian very um, funny comedian from in, uh, lives in Indianapolis, a captain for FedEx. Wow! And uh, it's hard to quit trying to do comedy full time when you make that kind of money, and you're a captain. You know, you're in charge. Right. So, talk about breaking a stereotype, Asian pilot. You know, <laughs> right? Does he get on the speaker too? Oh no, no, this FedEx. It's just him oh, and then the, like another pilot, right. and they just transport all that stuff with FedEx. It's like Castaway. Yeah. Um. So basically, I, I pick up the car like maybe two weeks ago. I be, I drove across from Indianapolis, and it took me three three days to come over here. And I figure before I just finally made a decision like, well, if I'm driving back across the country, and Edwin is performing, have a show in in Vegas, why don't I just um, book a one week? That way, you know, I get some money. <laughs> <laughs> I made some money and I lost some money today. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Shay was telling me that she's like. Yo, she's in New Mexico. How do you know that? I guess she's seen your posts. Oh, Instagram, Instagram yeah. Instagram, yeah. She, was, she, was, she follows you and she was just telling me. I said, okay, cool. 
So I really appreciate it. You know, like, like you know, I lost my job like two and a half years ago. I've been kind of hard of it, and I've been emphasizing more podcasts and things like that. But it was really nice. Uh, I, I didn't. I wasn't happy with a couple of shows, but overall, you giving me stage time really. Um, I'm starting feeling better. Not necessarily better about my set, but feeling better about oh, getting on stage. Man, yeah. Come on, you did great. I think you're just being hard on yourself like that old Asian thing. Yeah, you know well, what I mean. And there's like little things at the end. You're like, oh, I don't know. I lost them at the end. Like, no, you didn't, dude. You're fine. So thanks, and um, you're always welcome to come back too. Yeah, and who, and, and please, everyone, come and check out um, Edwin because uh, funny dude. Um, it's a nice show, now, right? When yeah. we first started, I've been here six months now. When we first started, it was just me going up there doing my time and a couple comics, but we got a little giveaways we do, and then we got some little audience participation, and at the end we leave them with a little treat. I think if people are walking away, it's a full show now. It's becoming yeah. a full show. And I'm getting to work on new jokes. So, man, I feel blessed. I'm in a good spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, so Edwin and I, we're going to work a couple other projects, like we were saying. But So, anyway, uh, going back to, to your childhood, um, did you sense, did you sense like, uh, racial tension at all when you were growing up? Um, a couple of times I noticed, like, when my dad was driving. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. I always thought my dad was a great driver. Right. Know? Well, as your little kid, you think your kids, you know, dads are like the best. Yeah. You know? But there were times where we'd pass people and they'd honk us up and they'd be doing that, making the Asian face with their eyes. Yeah. Like, oh. Or, they, you know, you're such a bad driver. And I'd be like getting all pissed off. Yeah. But when I see little kids, little white kids doing that to mm -hmm. my dad, you yeah. know, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. You know, because I had so much respect for my father. Right. Yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't think most Asian people are confrontational, you know. Right. And um, especially Filipinos aren't. Yeah. So, but basically, but you, you didn't have any other racial tension beside that, right? I mean, if that's all, then yeah, you, you pretty much you, yeah. you know. I mean, black people tell me you are fucking motherfucking lucky. That, yeah, you know? yeah, because our minds just something you know. People are making faces and stuff, or yeah. saying like "aso fatso," yeah, or something like that. But you learn to brush that off quick. Yeah, but it's nothing compared to what other people experience. That's just a sign of the times, too. You know, I think when um, Jordan's born. She's not going to really know. You know what I mean? By the way, Jordan is uh, Edwin's uh, soon-to-be-born yeah. child. Yeah. Hopefully, God willing. You know what I mean? Everything comes out great. But yeah, she, you know, she's going to know less about racism and stuff like that, too. Sure. Like the stuff we were watching, like, uh, was it early today or yesterday when I mentioned my friend Kimberly Motley, oh, who's yeah. a who, attorney in Afghanistan, and and her she's daughter, great. her daughter Ava was talking, uh, saying something like like, she's used to only seeing black president, you know? Yeah, well, she was saying that her daughter's eight years old now, yeah. you know? And so she's only known a black president. Right. And there's a chance probably the next president could be a female. Right. So, you know, her daughter could be saying, I wonder if a white man could actually be president. Right. She's never known that. To me, that was amazing. I was like, wow. I remember so, hearing, the, like, NPR, year, like, 10 years ago, they were interviewing young kids by NBA. And then um, this black girl said, like, well, yeah, when did they let... When did they let white people play NBA? You know, so <laughs> you know, like to me, and when you, when I hear stuff like this, it's astonishing because I'm old enough to remember. I'm we're both we're only a few months apart. Right, right. We're, we're all, we were born year after that. You know, Watts riot in '68. Right. Um, Kennedy got assassinated. You know, yeah. and like it sounds like a science fiction these days. You know, right. To have a black president or half black president, whatever. I know? didn't think I would see it in my lifetime, honestly. I was like, wow. And that, it happened when it did. I was like, wow, that's a lot sooner than I thought it would. Yeah, and, and I saw him when he went to Tonight Show 
for the first time. Mm-hmm. But like you could, I could have literally walked to him and took a picture with him. You know, wow. I, I thought it was a joke that black guy was running for president. Wow. But when he came back the second time, man, Secret Service fucking everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, like wow. fuck, I should have taken a picture with the guy. <laughs> Shame on you. That's an Asian sin. Not take a picture, have a camera. Well, I mean, I when I saw him, I thought I talked to the guy who worked at the parking lot, and I asked him like, "Oh, is he a, like an R and B singer? Because he was such a good looking <laughs> guy, tall, skinny, good looking guy." Wow. But I never thought like senator like from Chicago. I right. saw yeah, it, it just shows. You know, even two thousand eight, um, they voted against that same sex marriage right. because it had a lot to do with black and Latinos voting against it, but. In span of six years, even that group have started changing attitude too. So, yeah, um, they're saying that they're, they're legalizing it here in Las Vegas now. Yeah, marriage, right. In it's fact, like a Republican state. In fact, when I show day after I show up, I ask, <laughs> I ask you, what are you doing? And and I'm just repeating because we already uh, taped like a two clips. But yeah, um, you you told me you guys are getting married. So I, I thought it was really funny timing that everything worked out that way. Right. Yeah. And I was like, you want to be the witness? Yeah. You're like, what? Um. So overall, so you finished high school. So like, what were you thinking like after high school? Like you were thinking going to college or did you already have comedy in mind? No, I didn't have comedy in mind. And um, I didn't want to go to college, but my parents were like, you better go. You know, my sister went to college and uh, graduated, but my two brothers didn't. So my mom was like, no, you're going for sure. So I just went to state college. You know, Where did you go? Cal State Fullerton. What did you? Oh, so it's close to home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was commuting. And, you know, I worked a lot at my dad's store too. So like, I didn't really have that much of a childhood, like playing around and stuff. Yeah. I think that's where my fascination with toys comes in because I collect toys, right? But it's because yeah. when I was little, I couldn't. I didn't have time to play with my friends and like, doing that. <laughs> Edwin's so. not joking. Like, I don't know. A couple nights, we were leaving show and like midnight. Like, hey, you want to go Walmart? It's like twenty four seven. Like, I thought you need to get it like food or something. Sure enough, we went to toy section, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. If I had a place, I'd probably do the same thing too. Um, Man, I guess it's better. There's other addictions it could have, or you know, compulsion oh, sure. or something. So it's all right. Um, so, what what did you study in college? Uh, I studied uh, like human services and social work. I see. So I took like psychology classes and you know, uh, abnormal psych and things like that. And and when did you finish? Like four years later? No, I took like a maybe like seven, eight years almost yeah. to graduate. Because you were working, right? Yeah, I was working yeah. too. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, some people like put a lot of pressure. I had a cousin that killed himself because uh, he graduated from college and he walked. And then he got some papers saying that he this graduation didn't count because he's like so many units short. And I, he ended up jumping out of the building, killing himself because of that. It's like, wow. What the fuck? Because he wanted to finish in four years exactly. And it's like, man, are you kidding me? Like. We put too much pressure on our kids. Like, you know, you should be proud that your your son's going to college and has the right frame, mind, you know, mind, yeah. mind frame. Wait, so did you know your cousin well? Uh, I didn't, I knew him like distant cousin, you know. Yeah. But um, when we heard that happen, it was just really shocking. It's like, wow, you didn't even know that he was under so much pressure because he right. seemed so cool and like normal. So I was like, wow. So the, like. I'm sorry to hear that because, you know, the, that shit ran in my family, too. But um, Is it for their pressure also like that? Or? No, I mean, for my cousin, he was suffering depression for a long time. His, his dad died, like, even before he was born. And my dad, I think, you know, suffering from depression. But wow. my, I, I, I don't want to talk too deeply about my dad because I've already talked about it a lot. We just don't know. I really don't know. What really was the cause? You know, you just never know when people kill themselves. Yeah. It could be all kinds of different reasons. 
That's uh-huh. the one thing they say like in Catholic church because I you know I grew up Catholic. Yeah, and they say that's the one sin that you can't confess. Yeah, because all the other sins, you know, you can like, you know, I didn't try think to about that. Yeah, try to uh, yeah have uh, you know repent from it. But sure, you kill yourself, you can't do that. Um, so you you graduate from college, and when did you start making decisions like you want to do comedy? Uh, I graduated from college before I was I was working at the the Cerritos Library. Yeah, you know, for school because I was too much from my working from my father. So I was working in the library afterwards, and then I started I got a job in um a group home. So I was working with kids on probation and social services. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. I did that for like five years, and uh, I was really good at it. You know, it didn't pay well, but man, I connected well with the kids. Wait, why, how, how did you fast. find that job? And then like what? prompt you to do that job it was because i graduated from college and that's what i was studying for okay so i think i was gonna ultimately maybe if i liked what i did i'd go into corrections and then work in a jail for a little bit and sure those guys make pretty good money so right. they want money you know but uh i just really f- connected with the kids there and i i, I advanced fast and next thing you know i was supervisor and the main i was running the whole facility and is that right like that. Yeah, yeah yeah and i was Filipinos like doing are training so good at healing people <laughs> Whether you're like fucking nurse or doctor or whatever, but <laughs> but really, my sense of humor like helped me in that job because yeah. a lot of white guys graduating down there, they couldn't connect with the kids, and yeah, it was all about respect, and you have to have respect for the kids, but they yeah. have to show you respect first, and, yeah, and then you know give and take, and yeah, there's all these other staffs who were like power struggling with the kids, it's like, and that's when I realized I started doing comedy. Then I, I met Jeff Garcia, and then he helped me out. Well, how did you meet him? Like comedy show. Uh, my friend Mondo, who I grew up with, I grew up with, this, with these Latino brothers, like five of them. But um, he's DJs. Yeah. And he was DJing at this like all night place, that, you know, twenty four hours, Mister Billiards or something like that. Yeah. A lot of tweakers would go and hang out. But he said Jeff Garcia showed up, and he's seen Jeff a few times at some of these small little bars. Right. And you know, Jeff was only like sixteen when he started. Seventeen. That's it. Yeah. When he started. <clears throat> For but, those of you who don't know Jeff Garcia, he does voices for what the animated series. Yeah, for Jimmy Neutron, right. he's the voice of Sheen. They did a spinoff series, and he had his own show. Then he got an, uh, nominated, and then he won an Annie Award. It's like they a, did, yeah, he did. It's similar to Grammys, but it's an animation awards called yeah. Annie. Yeah, and uh, that just upped his pay scale too. And he's been in all, in all the movies. Like, it's pretty cool. He's he's got a, he's getting paid. So your friend introduces Jeff Garcia, and then eventually you, you were kind of thinking like, hey, you know, I, I make kids at work laugh. I like this. And you kind of got into it because through that? Yeah. Well, the first time I ever went on stage was like uh, I was working at the library still. I see. Yeah. And there was this contest, and it was like, look, like it said, uh, funniest librarian. Like, oh, really? Something like that, right? Yeah. And uh, I had to. it was at the comedy store. But before that, I went up one time in Long Beach, the Golden, Golden Sales Hotel. It was the first time I ever went. And all the people from the library, we would every Sunday we'd play volleyball and they'd get together and there'd right. be about 15, 20, 30 of us even playing volleyball. And then they had that contest at the Golden Sales. It was on Sunday. So everybody went. It was yeah. packed. And I went up there. I was only supposed to do like five minutes. I ended up doing like 12. Wow, was, really? Yeah. I was killing like, I think I was killing, but it was all my friends were there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was the first time. I had hacky jokes. I had brought like a, a, a knife and a, plate, a fake gun with me. And I would like, I know Mexican judo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I would do that joke, you know. And, yeah, and then I had a stocking. I pull it out, and I would do the pull it back and look Chinese yeah. thing. And I was kind of, you know, I thought I was killing and stuff, but it was just all my friends were there. Yeah, 
And then I remember Kiwi Johnson. Do you know? Oh no, Kiwi Rogers. No, he's just he's a veteran comic. And I remember when I got off stage, I, he was like, "How did how to go?" And I go, "Man, this shit's easy, man. You kidding me? I was only supposed to do five minutes to twelve. Are you kidding yeah. me?" Yeah. And he was just like looking at me with that face, man. Like, cause I see, you know, kids come up to me now and say that shit. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize I did that. So Kiwi, he's a main headliner. Right. Know? Yeah. And then um, after that happened, I didn't go up for like about four or five months and that competition came. And then right. everybody from the library saw it and they were like, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, cool, cool. So then I went and the day showed and I showed up. None of my friends from the library went because it's all the way from in Hollywood. Yeah. And I went up there and then... Um, Dude, they were calling me pervert. Why? I had this joke about jacking off with butter. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like jacking off with butter. And then right when I was about to come, brum, brum, nah, nah, there was a crown on my head. <laughs> I was like, oh, this ain't butter. Yeah. <laughs> this is imperial. And then, um, But after I remember, I walked off and I bombed hard. And this black comment came up to me. I don't know who it is still to this day, but he was like, fuck them people, man. That butter joke is funny, man. Keep yeah. doing your shit. Right. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. Like, that dude didn't know me. He didn't have to say that. Yeah. You know, I don't even know who it is to this day, but the, the, that that made me feel like, all right, I can do it, even though this was the worst, terrible experience. We found out later on that was Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, eventually, like, oh, man, I really like this. And, like, just started doing a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's when I met Jeff. Mondo told me about it because my friend Mondo was there at the library. Yeah. And he was watching the shows too. So he was like, yeah, there's this kid. He's cat. He runs these shows. You should go do it. So then uh, I was uh, there one time. Mondo was at, was at Billiards and he was, there's the Jeff. He's there. So I went up to him. I said, hey, what's up, comic dog? And he's all, what's going on? Yeah. As I heard you run a room, man, I'm just trying to see if I can do it. I want to try to get maybe, you know, five minutes or something. Yeah. And he was like, all right, all right, come to the room. And it was uh, Daily Planet. You know, I come to the room, get there early, you know, an hour before the show. Right. So then I got there and it's all fucking, you know, those rooms are bikers, East L.A. Sure. It's like fucking, it's all Mexicans drunk in there. And then um, Jeff's like, you sure we're going to go up? We're outside in the parking lot, smoke a cigarette. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Like, I'm not going to know. It's the only way I'm going to know if I go up. Right. Yeah. So then he's like, all right, cool. And then he gave me a hug. And I was like, what? Because they look mean in there and they were rough. And he was like, are you sure? like, he was knew he's going to throw me to the wolves. But, um. He gave me a hug and then he brought me up that like, you know, after we went inside. Sure. And I did pretty good. I did good. And I did my Michael Jackson bit and I started singing Michael and then they liked it. Too. Yeah. And then from there, he's like, all right, come back next week and you can host every week. Like before the first half of the show and then bring me up and I'll host the second half. Yeah. And then I would eat shit there a lot because it was the same people. So I was doing the same little five, you know, seven minute jokes. So that's how I was forced to go. And I remember getting feeling sick, like I didn't want to go. Yeah. I was like that whole feeling of trying to make excuses, but he was on me to go, and I kept going. And then, like a couple of years later, I moved in with Jeff, and I lived with him for a year. But we went out every night and went yeah. to spots. And the deal was, if I find a spot, he'll go with me, and then he'll get up too. And then if he finds a spot, go right. Me. So we just went up like all of the rooms. I never knew you were that close with Jeff. I didn't. I knew you guys were good friends, but I didn't know you had that story. Yeah, background. yeah. He named his child after me. His son's name Joseph Edwin Garcia. Are you serious? Yeah, that's crazy, huh? He's my main influence. I think comedy that made me yeah. to where I am right now. I mean, his style, the way he talks, his canter. Even people say I sounded like Jeff a lot when I first started. You know what I mean? But Jeff was like, "Fuck them! I don't care. It's because we hang out together all the time. You're gonna sound like the people you hang sure. out." Sure. So, you know, just do your thing. I, I, I saw Jeff, like, first time in a long time. And it was a room George uh, Perez run, mm -hmm. you know, the, our friend. And I wanted to talk to him. But George had this room 
where a lot of the girls are in like a bikini girls. Oh yeah. So that, so I wanted to say Second hi. Base, right? yeah, 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 that's the place, and uh, in Orange County, and like I wanted to pay attention, but there's this one white girl had that. It's um, um, amazing ass. Like I didn't really pay attention to anyone's act, you know. And like even when I was doing my spot, I was just staring at her ass. Like I didn't really care. I mean, you you, you could have had a massacre in there, and like I, I was just like. On target, you know. They don't understand because the bar's elevated. So when you're sitting down at the bar, you're at ass level. Yeah. Because they're standing up higher yeah. than you. And then they bend over to, can I help you, honey? And then their tits are all on your face, yeah. right? So it's like, man. And the place is called Second Base. Like, you're, oh, I'm here. I'm at Second Base now. You know what I mean? And I think her name is like Summer Hayes or something like that. If you're in Southern California, you should check out that room with that girl because she was very friendly, but like, damn. And then George was at the strip club, so a lot of the strippers are going in there. Too right, he's time. a DJ, so he's yeah. making a lot of money actually DJing for strip club, and oh, he's yeah. working hard, making money doing stand up too. So yeah, so I saw Jeff, but I didn't. I was just preoccupied, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you when you're doing it, eventually you start thinking like, wow, I could do this professionally. When did you tell your parents like this is what you want to do? Well, I think they were okay with it because they knew I graduated from college already right. and I was working. So as long as they know I had something to fall back on and do it. And then when I was doing what I was doing, I was really good at it, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I could have started running my own facility if I wanted to. But, you know. You kind of are now with this Hollywood yeah. planet Hollywood. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but one time I, I got really promoted, almost wanted to um, get promoted because I got busted in a little thing because I gave some kid a magazine. It was a dirty porno magazine. You, you know? did? Yeah. What, what was the thinking behind that? He's a young kid, he wants to whack out, but I realized he's a sex offender. You know, I didn't read his file or nothing like that, but I lied my ass off, though. I told him that I didn't give him a Sports Illustrated magazine. Yeah. Then he went to all these meetings. I had to meet with the executives and the higher-ups. And- wait, wait, but, but it's been years, so it doesn't really matter, but, like, how does that conversation start? He just said, Edwin, I want to jerk off. I need a magazine? Or how does that work? I don't know. I guess they were, like, because uh, they play bingo. Right. You Have you heard of that? It's not the game bingo, because like when the lights are out at 9.30, everybody starts jacking off. And the first person, when they come, they yell bingo. And so I'm trying to win. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, if they're jacking off, is like a running joke in that whole unit all the time. Yeah. They're kids. They're in their 14, 15, you know what I mean? So they make fifis. Have you heard of those? No, what's that? They're socks. They roll up socks yeah. into like a donut. And then they get rubber gloves, you know, the latex rubber gloves that the yeah. staff use. Yeah. They get those and they put the glove in the roll and they squeeze, squirt lotion all inside of it. Yeah. And then they fucking fuck those. Right. And some of them put holes in their mattresses. We have to do room inspections and you find holes in their mattresses because they're laying inside their beds, like fucking their beds. You wow. Know what I mean? And then it's, it's you find you I, you run into things. I seen some other kids sucking some other kids' dick, and I had to fucking like walk away and fucking you know stop it. But I was like, fuck, you know. Wait, wait, wait! It's crazy. I mean, is that okay? No, it's not. But but how? But how come you? Uh... What am I gonna do? I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? I, I walked out of the room and then I called them out. Let me ask I you. Said, hey, I, this, this is this is not being smart ass or mm-hmm. dumb question. Were they gay or they were just so horny that they want somebody to suck it? Well, one, because these kids are sexual offenders are supposed to be in rooms by themselves. Right. And this one kid was um, about to leave soon and he was doing really good. And they put him up to the honors room. And the honors room are the top four clients in the unit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they stay in there. And then, um, so they get in the honors room. But then he's, you know, a sex offender. And he was. Well, what did he do? Because sex offender could be, it could constitute. No, he was, he was. He was a pretty, you know, well, he it was always 
homeboy has to be in the separate room. Home, and so when they put him in there, I was like, what's going on with that? What, this is not right. Oh, he's getting ready to leave. He's getting ready to leave, whatever. And yeah. Then, right. And then I came in. Did he rape somebody? Not in there, but I don't know where. I, I don't. I got to the point where I didn't read the kids' files anymore. So that's why, why I didn't know. Why, why? Because I would prejudge them and stuff. And then I would, you know what I mean, treat yeah. them certain ways. But it was my, my mistake. I should know that, you know, this certain kid shouldn't do that. Like when I gave that kid a magazine, I didn't realize he was, you know, a sex, sex offender. Of yeah. But do you remember he what was a he cholo did? kid too. He was all supposed to be hard and down. So I thought I was like being a homie, hooking him up. You know yeah. what I mean? But then pictures started getting spread around the unit. And he was like, it was like, you know what I mean? He didn't have, and then what happened when he went to another unit they had a therapy session and he ratted me out there and he, that's when the investigation happened and they had brought what magazine something. did you give to him um i can't remember but you know i, I told him it was a sports illustrated swimsuit edition and i mm. got it at circle k because we do you know the little walks for the kids yeah and we do, we do those things you know and um they had, I, it was a sports illustrated magazine right and I called one of my friends that worked there, and he told me, man, I know you're an honest person. I know this and that. But if you tell them the truth here, you're going to lose your job. You're not going to be able to, you know, uh, get another job in this field or something like that. You know what I mean? So um, I'm just giving you my advice. I would lie my ass off. Right. You know, so I did. And they, they said, can you show me which magazine? And I walked them over to the store, and I was like, I don't know. That's not here right now, but it was one of the Sports Illustrated ones, you know. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, it's only a Sports Illustrated magazine. You know, all the managers there were fucking loved me. So when this came down, they were yeah. like, couldn't believe it. But when they said it was just a Sports Illustrated magazine, they were made in a big deal. So then it was just my word against that kid's word. So you they know? never saw the ma actual magazine? No, they couldn't find it. It was gone. Because right. the kid left and went to another unit. And then right. it came out in his therapy. I see. That some staff are not as good as you think they are. And people are this and that. You know what I mean? So, you know. But what happened was when I went through the whole interview process and stuff like that, and I still was working there, the main people up ahead who interviewed me, they were impressed by me because they said that, you know, he kept his composure. Most people that would get investigated like this would get be very like, fuck defensive, that right? place yeah. and defensive and fuck that place and never work there anymore. Yeah. But he's still your top employee. Yeah. You know, Edwin's actually a candidate for someone to take right. the position and do that. And I was like, wow. But it makes me think that people lie to get up to a certain position. Yeah. And that's really what happened. I lied. Like, if yeah. I would have told the truth, I would have been fired. Yeah. Because I lied, which is a bad thing. I got advanced. You know what I mean? It's we it's one of those weird situations where even if they like you, if you say that, they have to fire because if you do that shit again, there's a record of you actually doing it again. They could right. get sued by that kid's family or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So uh, I, I couldn't understand. That's a really weird situation because I don't think I would have done it because I... I, I I'm over sensitive about that sort of thing because I work in a business. You're always worried what the fucking, you know, if you work with porn business, you're already in like minus whatever in eyes of the law, you know? Okay. So, but here's the funny thing. If I had a son or if it's like my nephew or something, right? I wouldn't have a problem showing the magazine. With somebody that did a kid, you know, you, you're exposing yourself to all kinds of things that you can't predict, you know? Yeah. I, know you, I, know you, I, know you, I know you, so you, your intention was good. But um, and believe me, when when you're that age, you want to look. But it's such a weird thing now because now if you go back to that facility, what magazines? Everybody's looking at cell phone or something, right? I mean, right. you know. So, um, and it was crazy because he was like a. I think I was trying to be cool. That's what it was because yeah. he was like a cholo kid and from yeah. the hood, and you know what I mean. And he would put all the other little kids in check and stuff like that. But but by the way, people, if, if I, I do have people listening overseas. If they if they never heard of, heard the word cholo, how would you explain it to someone? Oh, 
it cholo is like a mexican gang member yeah you know but some of them are in uh, gangs but they still like represent for the neighborhood right but a lot of them you know the, the they have a certain uh, uh hairstyle and dress code right uh yeah i think i guess so some of them are bald have hair yeah. you know goatees tattoos yeah. A lot of times they'll have tattoos of where the where the where barrio they're from, what yeah. neighborhood they're from. That's how you can tell, you know. But they're cool. I never really had problems with any of them, you know. Right. When in high school, I was dating a girl from Hawaiian Gardens and stuff, and they, they didn't like it too much though. And it's because I'm Filipino and I was dating a Mexican chick. And that's another area near your Cerritos, right? And yeah. I think for some reason. I always remember there's like Tongans and Samoan people in that Hawaii area. No, they're more Tongans. Samoans are more like Carson area. Ah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Hawaiian Gardens is just funny because it sounds nice. Hawaiian yeah. Gardens. But, but it's a hood. You know? Yeah. It's not. It's known as HG. Not Hawaiian Gardens. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, Was there any other situation you at the place... I mean, I didn't know this about you. So having that experience, you'll be even better father because you know what most of those unmonitored kids are going to end up. I think most of those kids are probably good, but they probably didn't come from good circumstance, right? I mean, yeah. And you know what? Before I worked there, I could say I, I, I couldn't understand how anybody could raise their hand and hit a child. Yeah. But when I worked there, dude, and those long hours and stuff, and those kids are there, man, I could see how a parent would hit their child. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like it's it, some of these kids are terrible, but you have to always step back from yourself and you have to rely on other staff members. If yeah, you need to take a walk away. You need to walk away. But the, I think the number one thing when you get tired and stressed out, you start power struggling. And yeah, that's where it's like sense of humor comes in handy, man, because I was making those kids laugh and we we're doing your mama jokes and stuff. And yeah. I would have the unit straight, you know, and then the. Other kids would be like, see, why can't you do it like that? And <laughs> all that staff would be stressing out. But I remember the first time I ever had to run the facility, it was the first time I was running it, it went chaos. It was crazy. And kids were running around everywhere. Kids in the backyard coming back from like, from, from um, I forgot what they call it, TR, temporary release. Yeah. And they were smoking in the front and shit. And then the facility was all fucked up. So are these kids like they did something where the judge said you have to go to a facility? Is that what we're talking here? Uh, there's yeah, the probation ones are the ones that did that where they ha where they have to go to a first they go to juvenile hall. Yeah. But then the other kids that have been removed from homes because they've been abused go to another place called Orangewood. Right. This is Orange County. So it's like a social services section. Right. And then from there they get filtered off. So they have to go to group homes. Right. Before they can be released back to their home. So then they mix some of the probation kids with the social service kids. Sure. But you find I found that the probation kids were a lot more respectful than the social service kids because the social service kids were pulled out of their homes and they're you know they're kind of bratty and right. spoiled. But the other ones that were in the system already like were yes sir yes ma'am because they they've been punished and they've been places where they they seen quickly it. yeah yeah these other kids never been to jail or seen that so right. they're like whatever fuck you right in your face fuck you fuck you yeah. fuck you but the next day they're like hey Edwin like they don't even remember like they were saying shit. right. So you can't take it personal, man. I, I don't want to make this analogy, and I don't. I'm, I'm not trying to insult anyone, but sometimes you know when some people adopt a dog, and mm -hmm. they could tell like it's been abused, and they don't trust people. It takes a long time for the owner to make a connection with the dog. Sure. So, the, so these kids are like, maybe they just see older people like authority, and they're not necessarily good news for them. And uh, it takes a time for you to gain their trust. Yeah, right? totally does. 
because they've been screwed over by adults left and right all right. the time. So why am I going to believe you? You know what I mean? But my job's not for you to believe me. I'm just here to make sure you're safe and nothing happens to you. Right. You know, so if you want to trust me, you can. If you don't, then maybe it's smarter. Don't trust anybody right now. Just do what you have to do. Right. And get out of here. You know, and then they start to see day by day that you're consistent. Right. And you're cool. And like, oh, all right. You know, Edwin's talking real talk. He's yeah. not just like saying that. Um, out of the hundred kids that you, every hundred kids you deal with, and I, I don't know how long it takes you to meet a new hundred kids, mm-hmm. but out of the hundred kids, what what would you feeling like? How many of those are like like hopeless? Like there's nothing that you could really do that you can't reach out to them. Yeah, what percentage? Or what what was what was your experience? Well, my experience was uh, I had some kids died. Like I heard about them later, like getting shot, gang members. When they left the place. Yeah. And they were one of my favorite, favorite clients, you know. Yeah. This one kid. He was cool. Cholo dude. But, you know, I, mean, I thought he was going to do good and stuff. And yeah. Got out. And then before I left that job, they, it was like some one of the social workers came up to me, showed me the newspaper. Did you see that, dude? And I was yeah. like, oh, he's dead. I was like, wow. You know, and then some kids hit me up on Facebook now. There's a couple people that send me messages. And you're on my I, I was going to ask you, like, have you ever saw a kid, like, they, they just happened to be in the audience during the show. and like, holy shit, you know, I remember Mr. San Juan helped me or whatever. Yeah, no one in the audience yet. Yeah. You know, I don't think. But, um, but the fact you made enough impression of them for them to look for you on Facebook, that sounds, that's got to be satisfying. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really cool. It's really cool. But I remember there was times where those little girls were kind of pretty, like, trying to come on to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to be, like, step back. Yeah. But um, dude, that's, I, remember, that, I guess that's where you and I differ. Well, you know what? Good. I jacked off many times thinking about them little girls fucking trying to come on to me. It's right. Like crazy. It's human to not yeah. to admit it. But there was times where I, one time I was in the office cleaning out the screen and was little girls came in there in a little shorts. Well, when you said little, like, what are we, the teenage girls? Yeah, yeah. they're like 16. Yeah. You know, I, to me, I look at them as little girls, so I don't, I'm not trying to be like something that I'm going to try yeah. to fuck with, you know. But they're trying to be grown and shit. How old are you, Edwin? Oh, I'm 35, you know. Oh, really? My last boyfriend was 37. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And they'll be doing kind of crazy shit. Like, You're fine. And, man, I just, we got to get out of here and yeah. leave or something, you know what I mean? Or have someone else come in the room, but I, I remember those those times were like, fuck, I remember just a couple of those times they start. I was jacked off to that shit. Like, you're you're in a, that's a really tough spot, man. Because that's why I don't think I could do that job, man. Because my I have another friend, uh, my friend LJ. I've been friend with him since '82. He's been doing that kind of job for like the last eight nine years. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing that you were talking about, like. You know, they try to play mind game on you and trying to see what your weakness and things like that. But I remember I went to 7-Eleven with LJ one time and this young black kid said, hey, uh, Mr. Patton, like, you know, it was very strange. Like, this is a kid that he he helped like a couple years back. It oh, looked wow. like I think he was doing all right. But it was just really to see my friend, some someone I've known since like seventh grade. And like he's taking care. He's really good at it. But he, he really is disciplined and like, he know. He understand there gotta be a, a distance between the two, you know. Right. Boys might challenge you physically or mentally, and girls might try to tempt you, you know. But, yeah. Um, yeah. He worked up in San Jose, Los Gatos uh, Ranch or something. Oh, okay. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's why that magazine thing happened. It just showed me that I, I can't be a cop. Dude. Yeah. If I was a cop, I'd probably end up becoming a dirty cop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know it's just I gotta I can't do that profession. You know, I could do a comedian, could be a dirty comedian. What, 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 do you remember feeling like scary moments at the work? 
Yeah, there were some times where I had to do like the group leader and I had to announce the group and it was my first times and it was a pretty rowdy group and there was yeah. some pretty these cholos are, you know, 16, 17 years old, but they're bigger than me, you know yeah. what I mean? And and then I'm, I'm the uh, my main supervisor at the time I was learning from he's all right, you ready, Ed? This black dude, tall, you know, he had yeah. control of the crew. And the other guy was a big, big Samoan dude. So those two guys ran the That's unit. redundant. Big Samoan dude. <laughs> <laughs> but he was thick, played yeah. football. So. Yeah. And then it's just me. So I felt out of place. He's got, you know, big black dude. Yeah. Samoan dude. So I was just me. And I remember going, oh, I need to go to the bathroom first. And he's like, what? Are you serious? We're ready to start right now. I was like, man, I need to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom in the unit and I just like sprayed water on my face and kind yeah. of cooled down and calmed yeah. down. I was nervous. Dude. Yeah. I was nervous. But I remember I got through it. Everything was fine. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Um, any other ones? Like, was there a fight or anything like that in there? Or? You know, surprisingly, they teach you techniques of how to handle the kids when they fight. And it worked out really good. It's not about, like, trying well, to fight Well, let's be them. honest. You lo you looking Asian, they probably think you probably know something. So <laughs> they don't want to, you know, test you or whatnot. You know? Right. Well, it's all about momentum. Like, they yeah. would tell you to shift the weight on the hips, on them. You know what I mean? Turn their belt, belt buckles. And then we knew how to get holds and restrain people to walk them where they're safe. Yeah. So those are, I broke up a few fights like that. I never got hit or nothing like that. Yeah. I had this one kid pull out a knife at the lunch at, after lunch or breakfast and didn't want to leave the breakfast thing because he didn't want to go back on the unit. And he was a little gay kid, kind of retarded. Yeah. Like this. Oh my God, Elwin, Elwin, you the bomb staff, Elwin. Like he was like Elwin, Elwin, Elwin. And but he pulled a knife on you. It was a butter knife, man. Uh -huh. And he didn't want to go back in the unit. And we dismissed everybody, and I couldn't. Let, I wasn't gonna let the whole unit go back in until he gave up that butter knife. Right. You know what I mean? But he's like, I didn't want to go back in because he said someone was gonna do something to him, so he's taking the knife. But then it was my father. It made it escalate. And then I ended up clearing the whole room, and it was just him there and the knife. And then the other staff got worried, and then they called the cops. And you know, the cops are showing up, and then, and then you know they're they made a big deal about it. And the kid really wasn't. I mean, I could have handled it way different. Right. And my boss later was like, "Why? Why did they call the cops?" Like, well, I didn't know who called the cops. You know, this chick called the cops in there. I yeah. was de-escalating him, trying to get him one-on-one because sure. I thought with all the attention there, it's just going to escalate more. Sure. So I removed the kids and I had one-on-one. -on -one. But the next thing you know, the cops are there and they're coming out with their guns and shit. And he, he's not mentally right, so he made it even more dramatic. Sure. It could have been worse. It he could have shot him or something. You know what I mean? So I'm, that, that, that was scary. That made me realize, man, this shit is real. You know, yeah. If I'm not on top of my game and stuff like that, lives could be in danger. You know? Do you still have friends that you met from that facility still yeah, work in the yeah. business? Uh huh. And you I, some of them are doing. I don't talk to them on a regular, but they still message me and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Anything? So how long? When One did of you the quit? social workers there was hot, dude. <laughs> and she was married, but she was talking to do like she would tell me about how she would like do anal and stuff. Yeah. She's down to about this type of her life is pleasing her man. Yeah. So I was like, made me think, wow, I need to find a woman that's like going to be thinking like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she, so when did you quit the facility? Oh, man. I was doing comedy and working there and that was tough, dude. Um, I can't remember. I graduated in 95. I started comedy in 95. Um, and so I started working there in maybe 98 to like 2003 or something like that. Yeah. So, so you spent 11 years since you've worked there. Yeah. yeah, and I was working there, and I had to start in the morning at seven, so I had to be there at six thirty. So yeah. I was living with Jeff at the time, yeah, and that was tough. We'd be out till three in the morning. Sometimes I could sleep for two hours, 
And Jeff, I love the dude, but he's dirty, man. Like right now, he has to have a maid. And he has money, and he has a maid. But yeah, I was the maid back then. Yeah, no one washed dishes, no one cleaned the floor. I go to work, and I come back. He's still in the same spot, just drinking, smoking beers. Yeah, he had the whole wall filled with Budweiser cans. Like he was decorating it. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like it was crazy. It was crazy. Two years or a year and a half that I lived with him. So I had to quit from there. I was like, I can't do it no more. I can't work and do both. Yeah. So eventually you quit and, and I moved uh, back home. Yeah, I moved back home. Yeah. But you were doing shows and um um so let, let, let's talk like who who let's cut talk a couple of like the big names that you work with. Like you, you wanna tell everybody like um when you you worked for Gabriel Iglesias, that's a really interesting story. You know, he's one of the biggest com- stand-up comic in the world. Yeah. And um, we kind of grew up together as far as comedy-wise because we would do the same rooms. I right. Know. And we both had a Michael Jackson closing bit and everything. Yeah. And, but he just grew up fast. We were like uh, grassroots with uh, Funny's Funny or no, what was that? K Locos or one of those yeah. shows just like blew him up. I don't think a lot of people give him credit. Like Gabriel is a very, very funny guy, but he's extremely smart and shrewd yeah, to business. You know, yeah, very. Yeah, he knows exactly what he's doing. And he he he's a fan of WWE, the wrestling federation group, and uh, he yeah. followed their business model and marketing. You know, so I listened to him, Mark Marin, and like, wow, this guy is like, he's not just a funny dude, but he's just a smart guy. Well, I didn't realize that. That's what he did. He yeah, dude, the- he talked about like the way that uh, you know. Present, uh, representation of uh, their, their uh, goods and service, you know, merchandise is like similar to WWE and like how you present uh, different uh, characters in your show. And I don't know, wow. he, he seemed like a very smart guy. He understand like show business stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. And he's always been nice to me. I mean, you know, filthy as I am, he even had a comedy festival last year and put me on the show, on the duty part. But right. him and Martin, Martin Marino, and they've been very, very good. So. Um, but one, one time, sorry, the one time he invite asked you to come join him to Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, yeah, he actually brought me out there. It's funny because he has all his uh, other comics he brings out, and they get to go to Hawaii, and yeah. they get to go to Europe, and you know, here I'm, I'm in like, you know, Qatar and the desert. Yeah. Not that Qatar is a bad place. I'm glad, right. glad I got to see it. It's one of the, yeah. it's like Vegas on steroids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole strip like that and stuff yeah. like that. But then I started hearing all the stories about how they like. The construction workers and they're all people they get from India and everywhere else. A lot of it's Filipinos, like Filipinos yeah. too, yeah. But it's just like treating their slaves out there. But so when when he asked you to come go with him in Saudi Arabia, you say yes right away, right? I would imagine. Yeah. Well, first he asked me to do a USO tour. Okay, okay. And that was we were gonna we went around the world in eight days, and it was me, Gabriel, uh, Yin Yang Twins, and Chuck Liddell. Holy shit. Yeah. And this girl named Myra Veronica. Uh-huh. And Chuck Sounds- Liddell got kicked out due to the tour like when we in Alaska. That was like our first stop. Why? Because he was doing some crazy shit with like the chicks. It was after the show, we went to the little bar right yeah. there they have. And uh, he was like buying everybody Jaeger bombs and shit, yeah. getting them all fucked up. And uh, well, before this, the first night we went, we flew into New York and we had to stay at this hotel because we were leaving from New York in the morning. Yeah. And Chuck Liddell had um, was had five rooms in that hotel. Why doesn't he fire? Because he was like had five different girls waiting in each room. <laughs> so so he came in the bus with the pillows all tired. And uh, and uh, he was saying, um, because, you know, they call him the Iceman. Right? Yeah. And um, and they call you Rice Man. <laughs> Rice Man. <laughs> But he said he would bone the chick, 
And then he would tell her, oh, I'll be back. I'm going to get ice. So he'd take the ice bucket. Yeah. And then he'd leave. And then he would just throw the ice bucket in the hallway and go to the next room. Yeah. Right. And then he'd do the same thing. But in the next chick, yeah. and then I'm going to get some ice. And I was like, oh, is that why they call you the ice man? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to get some ice, man. What did he say? <laughs> he just looked at me like, whatever, motherfucker. Yeah. But he's the ice man because he's stone cold, right? Yeah. He's like knocking fools out. But it was just hilarious because that was the running joke with us is he's the ice man. I remember um, one time I went to see um, Jim Norton, very funny comedian, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, he invited Dana White and uh, Chuck Liddell there. And um, before the show, you know that uh, Melrose Improv, the old old uh, room? Right. Uh, all, there's a small hallway to the main room. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Liddell and Dana White were like hosting around. like They were kind of like joking and sparring, mm-hmm. but they're two big motherfuckers. And like I was literally like walking by to go to the bathroom and they started like joking around. So they start kind of swinging around. A couple of times, their fists almost hit me in the face. Right? I was like those Japanese people when, like, when King Kong and Godzilla is fighting, you know? And like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, trying to, holy fuck, don't, I mean, ah! Don't, don't hit me because they're, I mean, Dana White's not huge. a professional. His hands are fucking mad. And they, they couldn't be a nicer guy. Because right. after the show, Jim Norton said, hey, this is Yoshi, whatever. And like, Dana White said, hey, nice to meet you. And like, he's the, he's, he's the guy right. for UFC. He was like, couldn't be a nicer guy. Uh, you know, face of the UFC, just like Joe Rogan. But yeah, they're nice guys, but I just didn't like when they were hosting around, like, wow. Right. You know, they were fighting. They were goofing around, but like, fuck, I thought they were going to hit me in the face a couple of times, you know. Right. Like a casualty war. Yeah. <laughs> Friendly fire, whatever you want to call it. Um, well, that's cool that, you you know, you, you met Chuck Liddell and everything. Then, so he got kicked out and you guys continue on during the tour? Yeah, but he was like getting chicks messed up and then bringing them back to his room. And these were some of the soldiers' wives, I think, because their soldiers were deported. You know yeah. what I mean? So he was like, and then they he was, after that, he would go back to the club and get another one. But he would just leave the girl in the lobby and shit. You know yeah. what I mean? So he had like two or three girls in the lobby and all passed out, throwing up on themselves. Like they had to call EMT and stuff like that. And then, wow. Yeah. And then I remember our checkout time when we were leaving is 5.30 a.m. I hope I hope Chuck the tail doesn't come and look for you and punch your face. But oh man, I was telling the story now. Uh, <laughs> no, real. but they're not going to hear it. Um, <laughs> well, I was in the elevator five thirty in the morning, and I get down one step, and then they come in, and Chuck's tall, looking at me, telling me I, I, I'm leaving. They're kicking me off. They're kicking me off. And oh really? Like, what? Yeah. And I was in the elevator with them. It was scary, and all MPs in there and shit. Yeah. We were going down one floor. Yeah, that was crazy. And then I was smoking weed with the Yin Yang Twins out in the parking lot. Yeah. They're cool, and then they brought some fucking um, Grey Goose, and we were drinking Grey Goose in Afghanistan. So, you know, like I said, people listening overseas, USO is is a, it's an entertainment for military, right? So yeah, you travel over the world. I'm all talking all this bad stuff on the USO. Huh? No, I lo- no, that's I mean, <laughs> US USO is not promoting it. It's people who were doing the show, they're doing it, so they're not encouraging it. In right. Fact, the fact that they kicked them out, Adele, then yeah. that means they're not tolerating it. Nevertheless, it, it is an interesting, funny story. <laughs> so, like. So you went to Alaska. Where else did you go? We went to Alaska, and then we went to Korea. Yeah. We went to Turkey. We went to Afghanistan. Um, what was we, your experience like in Korea? Korea, uh, it was cool. We just went, we went to the military base. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we went to one of the closest bases north of the border. I got okay. to fly in a helicopter and shit. Yeah. And um, Fuck, I've never done that. I'm scared of it. Dude, they had me sitting by the engine, right? Yeah. And... Um, 
And Chuck Liddell was still with us. Yeah. And uh, I started to feel like, I'm going to throw up, man. I'm going to throw up. Because yeah. the fumes and the smell. Yeah. yeah. Moving the helicopter. And it was just like mash. You could see people, Koreans right there. Sure. Flying over it. And I was telling, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. And they were like, we need a bag. We need a bag. Yeah. And Chuck Liddell was looking at me like, fuck. I'm going to throw up on Chuck Liddell. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, so I, I couldn't hold it. And I took my hand off. And I kind of cheesed in my hand a little yeah. bit. And then they gave me a bag finally. And they started throwing up the rest of it on, yeah. the, on the thing. And then, um, this is in Alaska, I think it was when I threw up because he got kicked out after that. When I was walking out of the plane and the wind blew, I was holding the bag and the wind was so windy, it just took my the bag and the throw up just like flew off, right? Yeah. And then Chuck Liddell's all telling me, man, I'm glad you held it together because if you would have threw up, if any little piece of vomit would have got on my shoe or something, yeah. I would have been right there behind you throwing up too. Like, So he's like patting me on the back, good job keeping yeah. it together. And I was like, fuck. So career, career was uneventful. I mean, you did shows and it was cool. Yeah, it wasn't. We didn't get to go around the town. It was all military bases because we were around the world in eight days. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was just a show and then go out. Boom. Next show. Next country. You know, we were just oh, wait, So tell, tell me the sequence. So, we, well, so like, so first you went to Alaska, right? Yeah. Then, man. then what New, happened? New York, Alaska. So you did a show in New York? Yeah. Then no, then, no, we didn't do Chinook. We just met in New York, New York, and then we flew to Alaska. Yeah. And then I think from there, we went to, like, Greenland or Iceland or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we have a military base, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it was part fun. of Denmark. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. What was that like? Oh, man, it was terrible. It was, uh, it was like a dark, dingy little den, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And Chuck Liddell went up and did, like, a couple minutes. Wait, so what does Chuck Liddell do? Like, beat somebody up on stage? What does he do? No, he just... Actually, his friend goes up. He had a friend with an assistant right after, and he would just say, this is Chuck Liddell, and then he would go up there and talk. Yeah, I'm going to represent UFC and I want this belt and this and that. And the, and the guy, military guys must love UFC. Yeah. yeah. So after the shows, there were, his line was longer than Gabriel's. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we went to the hospital, and that, that line was longer than Gabriel's, and Gabriel felt we were looking right, because that never happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everywhere we go, Gabriel's got lines of people to see him, but they Hell were yeah. lining up to see Chuck. So I think it was sad he got kicked out because he didn't get to do the rest of the tour. I, I really don't remember all of where we went. I mean, man, I haven't thought about it in that long. But I know we ended up in Turkey as the last place, and it was the Wait, Marine so, so from, from Greenland, you probably went to where? Turkey after that? Uh, Turkey was the last place okay. we went to before we flew back. And so in between there, we went to uh, Germany. Did you perform in Germany? No. I think from Turkey to Germany, okay. that was the ending stop. But we performed in Afghanistan. We performed in. Um, tell tell me about Turkey. What was that like for you? Uh, it was cool because it was um, the Marine Corps' uh, birthday, okay. so we got dressed up in tuxedos and stuff yeah. like that at the end. You know, and the show was 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 nice. I, it's just all military, so it, was, it wasn't anything like you know. That we perform for the people. Like right. when I got to go out and do stuff on my own in the Middle East, was I got to perform, and that was crazy. You know, as yeah. far as me going by myself and doing an hour of clean material. Like, yeah. But here I was only doing fifteen minutes, twenty minutes the most. Right. And Gabriel was up there destroying it afterwards. You know, we got to sh- shake hands with all the uh, high ups and stuff like that. We sure. were treated like VIP. Yeah. You know, and we were just going from one town to the next, joining those big big cargo planes. And yeah, I think we even flew with um. Uh, chief of staff, general chief of staff. The, the, he's like third in line at the president and vice president. Holy like that. fuck, is that right? Yeah, yeah he, was, he was his plan. He was cool as hell, dude. Yeah. You know, and, and um, so it was all VIP special treatment all the way through. We got medals afterwards and stuff. Well, so when you went to Afghanistan, what was that like for you guys? 
that felt cool because we there was this main stage i think it's called camp liberty or something like that yeah and i was looking at the back and how all the performers signing it i seen like steve burns autograph right you know oh he's a big military guy his brother was serving military and obviously his dad was in the service too so yeah right david Till's another guy who support military a lot yeah it was great that that show it was this huge stage and it was all all military out and they had like even sometimes in the middle of the set, planes are flying over you and stuff. Goddamn. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was great. It was a great rush. Because they love it, man. Just any taste of home for them. It's like, yeah. And I still get people like on the, sending me pictures or if I'll post stuff on Instagram, Flashback Fridays, they're, oh, I was there. And yeah. I've seen you. And then they'd send me the pictures that they took of me. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's cool. Because that was, you know, that was in 09 or 08. Yeah. So was that that during that trip that you went to Saudi Arabia? That's a separate trip. Well, from there I went to um, uh, I, uh, Eric Griffin hooked me up with Ahmed Ahmed, and so he knew some people out there. So I got to do shows right in Qatar on my own, and then Gabriel brought me back to do a show with the the Prince of Saudi Arabia. Well, now before we get to the big meat part of the conversation, what's Qatar like when you? Is it Qatar or Qatar? Because I heard I, I, I it's want... Q Q A T A R, right? But it's Qatar. I heard. Yeah, it sounds Qatari. harder than it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was it like? Like, well, first of all, isn't it amazing? Like, here's this kid from Cerritos, California. Right. For you to go all those places, you probably didn't imagine when you did the first comedy, right? Once right. Me, right. Yeah, yeah. That I would travel around the world, yeah. right? But the thing about the Middle East is. Um, they have YouTube and so they're, they know all my stuff. You right. know what I mean? And they were like, oh. And because there's so many Filipinos out there that like, oh, let's bring them. You know, I thought the promoter thought that we would sell it out with the Middle Eastern and then have Filipinos. Yeah. It, it would pack it out and be do, it would do good. But it's different when you're going on these tours with Gabriel because it's packed all the time and it's, you know, yeah. you know, it, it's good shows. Here, I, I, you know, we had a nice venue and stuff like that, but maybe it was like 25, 30 people. Yeah. You know, I had to do an hour clean. It was tough. It was some of the toughest comedy I think I had to do. But the fact that I did it and I pulled it off, I knew, oh man, I, mean, I, felt, I felt invincible. Like, I could do anywhere, anywhere in the world. So when you when you did in Qatar, um, however you pronounce it, when you're free time, you could go anywhere you please. So you have to have somebody like uh, go with you. Well, they had people take us around and stuff right. like that. Yeah, and then, you know they show, but pretty much you could do anywhere you want, want to go. And but they were bragging about how they have everything: Kentucky Fried Chicken, Carl's yeah. Jr. You know. Yeah, you know what? They, you know what they don't have? What freedom? <laughs> and, 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 and rule of law. And the laws are weird. If yeah. you're Qatarian, mm -hmm. then you get all the hookups, dude. Like lawyers and stuff like that. They're the ones that have everyone else from the other countries working for them. But sure, the ones because they have all that oil money, right? Yeah, yeah, and they sign paper. It's not oil either. It's natural gases. That's some new thing that they Oh, is that right? Yeah, so it's like so much money over there. Yeah. And then the Filipinos that work there, they get one apartment, and there's like 15 or 16 of them living in one apartment. Right. You know what I mean? And just working all day and then coming home and sending money to the Philippines. So they didn't go to any of the shows because they aren't going to go to, they don't know who the hell I am. You know, they know Filipino acts, so they'll, they'll maybe go to that, but otherwise they're going to save their money and send it back Yes, home. there's a big difference, isn't it? Filipino act versus Filipino-Americans. Yeah, 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 it's a big difference. Yeah. Because they'll follow singers that come out from the Philippines and they'll pack it out in the and shows. And boy, Filipinos could sing. <laughs> yeah, sure they can. Yeah. Started since uh, church when I was little all the time, choir and stuff. Um... So you did there, you got, you got to know people. Then eventually the biggest thing that you did in Saudi Arabia with uh, Gabriel, right? Yeah, with, with, uh, with the prince, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, tell me, like, so how did, does that conversation start? Like, 
Edwin, this is um, <laughs> Fluffy. <laughs> I want you to do a show for Prince. Is that how basically kind of like he told you? Like, you, you, I want you to come with me to Saudi Arabia. and Yeah, I think he did. He went there once before already. Yeah. So this was his second time coming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he told me, he's like, I want you to come. I'm bringing you and Larry Omaha. But because you guys. Great were, Larry Omaha. Yeah. But he brought us because we were clean. Yeah. And, you know, the, the other comics probably wouldn't be able to do the time. So the funny thing is that uh, Gabriel, uh, Larry Omaha got banned from the Middle East. So he can't go back there anymore. Wait, wait. He can't go back Let, one country or everywhere? Uh, well, we, where did we do the show? I think it was Kobar and Saudi Arabia and um, Riyadh. Yeah, Riyadh yeah. is the capital of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, we did those three shows, but then after that, they say he can't come back to Saudi Arabia. What did they? What was the problem? Uh, he, Larry's one of the cleanest comedians in the world, right? I know that. That's why I want to know what he said wrong. <laughs> he did a joke about Michael Jackson dying and going to heaven, and he's talking to God, and God's like, you know, Michael, I don't understand. I gave you moves, you know, I gave you this. Why you won't change your nose? And yeah, whatever joke he has, but the fact that he's imitating God and impersonating God yeah. was so wrong in their eyes. You know what I mean? Because you can't. Nobody knows what God sounds like or talks like right. or this and that. To imitate him speaking, having a conversation with Michael Jackson, they were like appalled by it. It's crazy, right? But it wasn't like when he said it that they had to stop the show or nothing like that, but it was just maybe someone watching or make complaints about it or something. Yeah. But, because they have religious police there that are watching the shows and they'll shut it down or something, whatever, if it gets something, too crazy. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was you or somebody else told me, like, sometimes they will go to the middle of desert and make a tent and do a show to, like, keep themselves away from those police or whatever. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what happened. And the prince did that. They went to in the middle of the desert, but there's this racetrack out there. And I guess if they own it or something, but that's where they had the show. And I think it's luxury events in the Middle East, and they're still doing shows and stuff out yeah. there. It's pretty good. They hooked it up. Um... Yeah, because I kind of when I heard like Edwin like wow, I was I was like man I'm jealous you know like Middle East like going to Saudi Arabia like you know then later on I heard like something happened to Larry you know and and I know oh like, you heard about it I kind of heard something but like uh, they were like, he got in trouble for a little bit but like I thought like Larry oh my like he's a funny nice guy yeah maybe he's a so. super nice guy so like. I'm thinking like I'm fucking filthy, you know what I mean? Like I can't. I'm there's like, no way. there's no way. Like how 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 did Larry get in trouble for that? You know? Oh, now you know the backstory, man. Yeah. So, so what's it like when you do a show for Prince? Did you? I mean, he's a young kid, man. He was like, you know, like maybe 26. And was it packed? They made just tent in the middle of the desert. So it was. What, yeah, what, it was packed. What, then, were we talking like 100 people or? No, maybe 500, 600 people. Wow. Some and of all, the girls in their in their you know what are those things called burka burka yeah and so some the, of them weren't so women were allowed to do show there no they weren't doing the show no no maybe they were, they, it's it's okay for them show but they're yeah, in a, a, a different corner, side, separate yeah. yeah and then the guys in that even the McDonald's when you order this family section yeah and separate oh boy do I know <laughs> but you know what I tell you I met one of the most beautiful women on the planet I was at, in the Middle East but in Qatar. When she went to that show, I went and she had the burka thing on when I first met her. I was like, oh. And then she went to another show when I did Qatar. It's like, wow. She looked like Beyonce. Like, Wait, but how did you see her face if her face is covered? Her face was covered, but I think we connected already like on Facebook or something at that time, yeah. you know? So then she's like, oh, I'm going to come to your show again. And then she went and I was like, whoa. It's like, and then that time she wasn't wearing the burka. So I don't know how the rules I, I, are. But her hair was covered, right? 
Had to be. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. No. So it must be more like a modern place. Well, this was Qatar when I seen her. Oh, okay. But this, yeah, Saudi, I saw her first in Saudi. Because Saudi should be. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yes, that's different. They got fucking Sharia. You can't drive over there. Saudi. Women. Women. Well, they tried. They got in trouble for it. But, um, um, huh. So you did a show. They loved it. You met the people. And after a while, you probably feel comfortable. Right? Like when you get when you get to Middle East first time, you've never been there. You have all this preconceived notion, like, oh my god, they're gonna get mad at you for the. No, I think if you're mindful, I I didn't have any problems at all. Right. You know, I think about we're old enough to remember Midnight Express and shit like that. Like, oh my god, I hope I don't do something where I get arrested. You know, this and that. But oh yeah, that that turkey thing. Huh? Yeah, yeah, but as long as you pay attention, I I think you'll be okay. I took a uh, Marinol with me. You know what that is? No. It's marijuana pills. They give it to cancer patients and stuff like that to, to increase appetite and stuff. But the same effects of being high. And I had a whole bottle of pills like that. So I They didn't check your bag? No. I just put it in my medication with my things. So I was taking a pill and I was smoking hookah because you know they have hookah out yeah, there. Yeah. So I felt like I was just getting high. It was yeah. crazy. And then I brought edibles too with me, like brownies and stuff. Boy, Edwin, it's... It, it's when I think about it, it now, it's huh? pretty dangerous because... People have been arrested. Let's say you smoke weed before you leave USA, and if they knew that you were smoking weed, they could technically take your blood and see if there's marijuana. Oh, in, I'd be in, fucked. In eyes of uh, their law, like you brought marijuana to their country, and you could get your body. Huh? Yeah. Wow, I'd be fucked. So you know, if because I got arrested a few times now, we're not arrested. I went to jail a couple times, and then that whole scandal with the LAPD, like. I'm, I'm different now. There's no way I would go to the Middle East and travel with that stuff. And you know what I mean? Because before I was like careless and like, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? That's when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't that much of a kid, you know? Wait, wait, go back. What do you mean, LAPD scandal? What are you talking about? Oh, you didn't hear about that? Is I this did... a rampart? Uh, no, it's the Los Angeles Sheriff's uh, annual luncheon. Right. I get a call from this lady and she's like, well, we want you to do our luncheon. And, you know, I said, oh, okay, that's cool. She's like, how much do you charge? I'm like, I'll do it for free. I'll help you guys out. You know, whatever. You did that? Yeah. And she's yeah. like, well, we'll pay you anyways. And they ended up paying me like 600, 700 bucks. All right. Yeah. And then the whole selling point was like, you know, you we'll come and pick you up in a squad car. It's our luncheon. You can yeah. bring a date. Yeah. So I was like, cool. I'll bring my mom, yeah. you know? So I brought my mom and they picked us up in the car, you know, and yeah. they, we had lunch and I met the sheriff and then his wife is Asian. Which city know? is this? Uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, sheriff's department. Okay. Uh, Share, uh, Lee Baca. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's the D guy. Yes. And then uh, he was sitting in front row. And, and you know, he's when like, When was this? This was a couple years ago now. I think. Oh, my God. He's like, D, he's the number one guy. Yeah. He's the, he's the face of a police. Department. Yeah. Well, not no more now. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. But at the time he was. But there was also a lot of scandal about, oh, Something about him, nepotism and hiring yeah. within this and that. Yeah. And, and then putting like stuff in the prisons and putting out like, you know, to increase gang violence, yeah. war, wars and a whole bunch of stuff is going on. Yeah. So for him to hire like a comedian that goes racist jokes was like in bad taste for some people. So but, he got in trouble for that? Well, yeah, he took more heat, I think, than I did. But, you know, I, I did a half hour set. If they thought anything on my set was bad, they would have stopped me five minutes into it. You know what I'm saying? But they, I wouldn't even last one minute. 
I did 30 minutes. They only wanted me to do 20, but it was doing great. Were they laughing? They were laughing, you know, but it was in daylight. Cops were dressed up in their uniforms yeah, and yeah. had their guns and stuff. They were through their days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, man, you know. We wearing like, the cop killer t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was like, if you don't, if you like a joke, shoot in the air. I don't know. I was saying something corny. But, yeah. But um, you so, could tell so, that people laughed, but they weren't laughing hard because it was lit up. And, yeah. the, and a lot of times they were all looking around yeah. when I was saying stuff like, fuck, is it okay to laugh at yeah. this? But, you know, me, I committed to my stuff. And before I even went up, I, I told the lady, hey, is there anything I need to refrain from saying before I go up? You yeah. know, is there anything? She said, no, be yourself. Have fun. Don't get too crazy with, you know, yeah. this. But we want, we, we're all adults here, yeah. you know? So I said, okay, cool. That was the last thing they said before Sheriff Lee Baca brought me on stage. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So I just went to town oh and did my God. stuff, dude. Yeah. And uh, So when did you know, uh, okay, as soon as you got off the stage, how long did it take before you realized there might be some problem? I didn't. Didn't realize that at all. They even gave me an award after my set. Yeah. I sat back down at the table with my mom, and then the sheriff was like, hey, you want to give present Edwin San Juan with this you know, something of something of laughter plaque yeah. award? Yeah. And then I brought my mom up on stage with me, you know, and yeah. everyone was like, hey, yeah. you know what I mean? And we took a picture with the sheriff and everything, and my mom was like, really? To me, it was a proud moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, my mom could get to see me because I work at night, and she's older now. Yeah. It's a daytime gig. You know, get to have lunch with the sheriff. Yeah. And, you know, she gets to see me do my work. Right, right, right. You know, and afterwards they are honoring me, giving me an award. Yeah. Like, this is great. You know, and then I get home, they drive us to police escort. Yeah. And then my email's blowing up, dude. Like, dude, you're getting, you're going to be on the news. You're going to be on the news as racist comedian. And I was like, what? What? Racist comedian. And then I'm checking all the uh, uh, other things like, um, I was getting text messages and phone calls. I was like, so I called the lady up, like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, people are wanting to interview me and stuff like that. Should I not talk to the press? Yeah. You know? And um, she was like, no, no. Um, if you don't talk to them, that's fine. We'll appreciate that. But it's just the it's election year and people are out to get Sheriff Baca. They don't want him in here. A lot of some people mm-hmm. are don't. So everyone loved the show. It's just a couple people in the back of probably hearing the thought. Are they're, they're haters. They're trying to find an angle. They're they're, they're trying to cause problem for yeah, them. Yeah, cause cause problem for them. So they contacted the news. You know what I mean. Next thing, uh, the I you know I went to sleep and then I wake up in the morning and I'm smoking a blunt in my backyard in my bathrobe. You know my little gazebo yeah. I have out there and I see this Channel Seven news van pop up in front of my house. It's like what? And it was Sid Fernandez. You know you know if you know if he does the news, and um. He's coming to the gate, and I'm all like holding behind the gate, like because I have my robe on and I'm smoking yeah. a blunt, you know. He's like, "We want to interview you about last night. Is that okay?" I was like, "All right, that's cool. Give me a second so I can change." And I put a shirt on and change. And he's a fan. He's like, I've been to your comedy shows and this yeah. and that. That's cool. So the next thing you know, I'm on the news, and then I'm, and I'm, I told my mom, "We're gonna be on the news on channel uh, yeah. 11 o'clock, channel four, channel two, channel." It was on every channel. You know, I was flipping it through and they were like racist comedian at the L.A. Sheriff's But how are you racist? I don't understand that. Because I was talking about Koreans. I talk about Vietnamese, talking about blacks. I did I did the big nigger joke. Like I did like, you know what I mean? I did everything that I do normally, though. Wait, did you use the word nigger during the show? I said vinegar. Oh, vinegar. Because I had that, you know, my dad's looking for the vinegar. Edwin, where's the big nigger? You know, and yeah. then, then they were like, oh. And then I said, Koreans, you know, they smell like kimchi yeah, and yeah. garlic. And, they're they idiots. Like, 
it's you, you don't do racist jokes you do racial jokes racial, different. Yeah, yeah there's a whole big difference so then i got you know what i got calls from every comedian that i respected ralphie may jeff garcia like everybody that i have respected were like fuck yeah do your thing yeah say what you're saying yeah fuck them you know what I mean? And even the guy who interviewed me. How did me, I miss this? I don't remember this at all. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Even the guy who interviewed me, he was like, dude, this is like some Lenny Bruce shit. Like, yeah. He's, as far as being like political and in the yeah. thing and something like controversial and stuff like that. And this is America and freedom of speech, you know? Sure. So it was like, it was. Plus, it was, even if it was, you're not a malicious guy. They're idiots to see problems, you know? Yeah, Fraser Smith said he was at the uh, Ice House in Pasadena and they were watching in the green room and said, racist, racist comedian next after this commercial. And they were like, what the fuck? Like, who could this be? So they were all in the green room <laughs> trying to think, who could it be? And when it popped up, it was me. They were like, Edwin, what? what the fuck? No way. Like, that guy's the last thing that would be racist and stuff. And then they start, Fraser was like, this has got to be like his publicist is like some yeah. really great marketing or something like that. But to me, it was just fortuitous. I, I've been working... Is that a word for tuitus? I don't know. But I've been working hard trying to do comedy, take care of my mom. Yeah. And I moved back home. And I think I have sacrificed some stuff as going on auditions and whatever, sure. you know. But it was to me, it was like I need to be where I be. And so I'm, you know, and I don't know if people might be hating or stopping me from doing things. But sure. You know, but God threw that on my lap. It was like, oh, man. And I'm getting calls from people, my neighbors and stuff like, I don't know if you're with us. No, you're not. But that's the greatest publicity I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And you know, it's free publicity. But you're not that guy at all. No. Man. And my sister was worried, like, oh, no, is this going to end your career? Because this was after that whole Frasier thing. You mm-hmm. know, it might have been a couple of years after, but still, you know. What Frasier thing? Uh, Kramer, not Frasier. Oh, Kramer. Kramer yeah. yeah, Kramer thing. So my sister's all, oh, are you going to be like that? They're going to no, think of you. It's no, going to no, end no. your career. It's like, no, it, didn't. it actually helped me out more than anything. It was like. Did you get a phone call from somebody like surprising to you? Like, wow, this person, I didn't think this person was a friend or care about me and call me. Anything like that? Oh, no, not really. Not, not really. The blues, like, because of what happened? Yeah. No, no, not really. So how long did it take before it died? Because it, it died, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe like a couple of days, you know. That's what I was out thought. there. But I didn't, um, I didn't do any other interviews. A couple people called me to yeah. do interviews. And someone from the Laugh Factory said from channel, some other channel, I don't know. It was like, I just kind of like shunned away from it. I, I didn't want to cause a scene and make big, I don't know, you know. I, when it happened, I didn't. Is this good or bad? I didn't know. So I'm not going to do anything to stir the pot, make it worse. I'm sure. just going to see how this rides out. That's how I played it. But I think now, if I had a, someone that was um, marketing me and said they would do every interview, yeah. do this and that, you know, say your side, this is your points. But I'd rather have talked to my brother in law, who's a lawyer, and find out what I should say, what I shouldn't say. Sure. You know what I mean? But I never had that time to do that. And I didn't want them to catch me on the spot and then me say something wrong or worse. Or right. Something. So, which, which you don't. So, yeah. I didn't know that. Fuck. <laughs> um, so that happened. And then the true TV thing happened. And then they aired that on TV. So here I am getting TV wait, wait, spots. Don't, wait, 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 wait. The listeners, most of them don't know what happened. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I got I was smoking weed, right? In yeah. Vegas. And then and, and, uh, tr- you don't have to name names, but you were with uh, friends. I was with friends. Um, made a circle yes smoking weed well we, normally we there's an alley where we normally smoke but this right. time there was like six seven cop cars right there yeah so we like couldn't do it so we just did it on the strip but that's again once my mindset was like careless i don't care you know yeah and then i had i had the uh blend and someone said cops and then everybody just left the circle was they, gone. They, they left like the way when you turn on light in the kitchen when all the cockroaches just run yeah, away just, gone yeah dude, except gone. you are holding roach in your hand yeah <laughs> that's the irony huh 
And, and I'm I have arthritis. I'm not running anywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm I'm caught. I'm caught, dude. You know what I mean. And and I was the, all my thing was like, what I have a license. They're gonna bust me. But I'm dumb. I'm in Las Vegas. They don't care about California license. Right. You know I mean? So I I got lucky. You know the the cop couldn't find it. I stomped on it and it fell through a storm drain and. But he knew what you were doing, right? Yeah, yeah, they smelled it in the air and they knew it. And he's like, you know, he put me in handcuffs. But then, then later on, they told me that, you know, we couldn't find anything on you. But, you know, we're taping this for True TV. So if you sign a waiver, then we'll let know, you go. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they took the handcuffs off me. I signed the waiver. And then they said, we're going to put the handcuffs back on you. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm signing something now. I'm getting handcuffed again. Like, yeah. what the fuck? But it's just uh, so we do that last thing where you tell us the joke. Yeah. So think right now of a joke, and that's when I thought I just think of the brother-in-law joke right there. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, were they happy with you after when you were done with everything? Yeah, they were. They were cool. You know what I mean. But they just have to act like tough, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's like, you know, I gave you a solid, right? And I was yeah. like, yeah, for sure he did. Las Vegas PD, I love you guys. I was like, and then now I do that joke on stage, and then we play the clip after the show. Yeah. And the fans are like, or the people, fan, fans. The people are like, oh, it's cool because they get to see me tell the story. And then and they it's see just it true. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And they see how it unfolds like, right. like that. So they're like, they're like, wow, this is really cool. So it shows the art of storytelling. And then, but um, a couple of the cops came in and they know that officer. And they say, we're going to tell him to come in and uh, check out your show. Because he even says on there, he's probably going to put this in his act. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's, it's like another thing of me, like God looking out again. It's crazy. Because like, I, I just put my faith in it. I know I don't talk, bring up God and this and that, but I really put my faith in it. Yeah. As long as I'm cool, that what's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. Because otherwise I'll be stressed out. That's why comments get angry. Why is this person getting that? And why is that person getting that? To me, I like to keep my karma. That's cool. Congratulations. They're getting it. They work hard, you know? Yeah. And it's going to come for me too, you know? Yeah. And it's like, wow, the, me getting this residency and then Shay's about to have the baby. It's yeah. like, it's another thing. Like, wow, another someone's looking out for me, you know? So, because most comics in this position, if they get their fiance or girlfriend pregnant, now they're thinking, I got to quit comedy and do a full-time job and get yeah. benefits, you know? So I, I had to do that, but I didn't quit comedy. I just I landed here. But you're showing me, and every comic that I come in and feature, I learn something from them. Not, not I think it goes life. both way, Edwin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's great. It's really cool, man. I'm in a great spot because, like, even when I was in LA, I wasn't seeing as many comics as I've seen in the last six months. Yeah. I'm inviting them; they're staying in my house, sure. and you know we're actually getting to spend time, and it's cool. You know, and you helped me out, inspired me with doing this podcast, and I'm really like. I see it You know what I mean Yeah People told me to do certain things And I, yeah yeah But this is like laid out And I see it Five years down the road How wow This could be an amazing thing That we Tentatively should. You're planning to call it Ed say Shay say Right Yeah Ed said like Ed past said tense. Yeah. Ed said Shay said And um, It'll be you and your wife And the baby And um, I like it I, I think I think it'll be great To see people Grow with you And watch the kid grow Yeah Cause the baby's like, not even born yet Yeah Right So I mean This whole concept That you talked about right now Was like amazing And I And also uh, Like bringing Chris Gore's name back You met him You were kind enough To put him on your show And you know uh, We were planning to Hopefully go on the tour Do Pick select cities With a convention uh, Comic book convention Right Also have a comedy club So all three of us Will work you know, because all three of us could offer something to the other two that maybe other two don't have access to. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, like a menage a trois wedding. Yeah, it's like a marriage for the. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's gonna work out, and 
Um, you know, I gotta get going soon. So, but I mean, Edwin's very knowledgeable about comic book. So next time, I definitely want to talk to you about Marvel comic books and things like that. And sorry, man, I just started talking about this and that. I don't even know. No, time, no, no. I, 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 it went fast. Like, like we were, like Same, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, should we just do for half an hour? Believe me, once you talk to your wife about something while you start talking, it's not that hard. It's not like you're doing material or you're trying to force funniness. Yeah, it's just just simple conversation with someone. Right. It doesn't have to be, you know, totally home run every fucking second of it. You know? Right. How long was that? Uh, hour and 23 minutes. Oh, wow. So it went, it went fast, right? Like yeah. if I force you to, you could literally go for another hour and a half if you wanted to. You yeah, know? I'm not entire. Nothing is engaging. Yeah. You did a really great job, man. Um, brought up that stuff with the group home that I didn't even think about. I might get my ass kicked by Chuck Liddell. Like, yeah, that's really going down. <laughs> let's let's like a few more minutes and we're done. Um. Who who were some of the like big name comic that you met? Like wow, I'm, 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 I never thought I would meet this comedian. Um, I remember I got the chance to work like with Charlie Murphy when he was coming out. Yeah, you know, because that's when he was really hot right there. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just the like Russell Peters, of course, our yeah. good friend. Um, Gabriel, like you had mentioned, I worked with Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, Paul Rodriguez helped me out a lot too. He said when he first started, uh, a Filipino guy, Andy Bumatai in Hawaii, helped him out. I see. Yeah, so he said, I want to pay back the favor and help you out. He's yeah. a big. I mean, he's a tall dude. I never realized. I thought he was a little dude. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah. And his I mean, son is like a famous skateboarder, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more famous than him right now. Yeah. Kind of like, I met um Rob Schneider. And uh, he's I, half Filipino and ha- Jewish, right? His mom's Filipino. Yeah, I crazy. was doing a Schomburg improv with Gabriel, and, I, and my set was on, and he was headlining that week. So he was leaving, and as he was leaving, I was just ripping, digging him out, you know. And I could see him walking, and then he stops, you know, and he's just there watching my whole set. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is great, you know, yeah. I'm killing and crushing him. So then after my set's done, he leaves already. And then the manager comes up to me and says, man, Rob Schneider loved you, everything. He wants to get your number. He wants to contact you. He wants to work with you. He loves that you're Filipino. I was like, what? That's great. That's so great. And I was telling Gabriel that, and Gabriel was kind of like jealous. Well, welcome Rob Schneider didn't say hi to me. (laughs) Motherfucker, you get everything in the world. Now I get Rob Schneider. You can't have Rob Schneider. You know what I mean? But um, so it turns out he calls me and I'm talking on the phone with Rob Schneider in my backyard. Yeah. Jason, I can't believe I'm on the phone with this guy right now. And yeah. He's like, Edwin, I love your stuff. It's great. I didn't even hear about you. I've been out of the loop. I'm starting to get back into comedy. Right. I'm going to work on a sitcom I'm working on. I want you to help me write it up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's do this. Filipinos, man. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. You know? And then um, a couple weeks later, I get a call from him. He's like, um... I want you to open for me in San Jose. You know, yeah. meet me up to San Jose. It's just you and me. You do half an hour, I'll do an hour. You know, we'll get out of yeah. there. I was like, cool, that's great, that's great. So then um, get to San Jose and the first night, you know, I told myself oh, the whole week, I'm not, I'm going to be clean. Yeah. Just going to, you know what I mean, do yeah. my shit and let him. So he's the star, not me. I get there, the first show is fucking packed. Dude, I couldn't resist it, just ripping them, digging them out hard, yeah. you know, doing my uh, porno bit and gaze, yeah. this and that. And I look in the back and Rob Schneider's pacing back and forth, like pacing. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's getting pissed. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Because I'm crushing him, I'm hitting it, you know? So then I was like, oh, and then he's like looking at his watch. He's like, come on, like whatever. And I was only at 20 minutes. I was supposed to do half an hour. Yeah. So I was like, well, should I finish more? So I kind of calmed down and then did a little bit more stuff. But then I was going to bring him up and I drew a blank and I forgot his name, dude. What? Oh my God! I forgot his name. I swear to God, I was crushing so hard, ripping him, seeing him pace, getting oh, worried. No. And, and I was like, I drew his name in my mind. I'm thinking Adam Sandler's friend, Adam Sandler's friend. Like, and someone yelled out Rob Schneider, and I was like, 
And someone from the crowd yelled out Rob Schneider. Because I was like, you guys ready to see? We came to see. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. Um, you guys uh, might have seen them in all of Adam Sandler's movies. Uh, 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 and then I see him in the back going, oh, he's holding his head. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and someone yelled, Adam Sandler. Oh, someone went, Rob Schneider. And I was like, Rob Schneider. And then he went out there and he walked by and he shook my hand. And he's like, what the fuck, man? And I was like, oh. Um, and then uh, after the show, we were in the green room. He's like, man, if you can just clean it up and don't do all the dirty stuff before me, yeah. say that for me. You know, yeah. I'll say it for me. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, and then he's like, for Christ's sake, get my name right. You know, and I was like, yeah. oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. You know, yeah. never happened I've done again. that shit, too. Oh, man, dude. And then the rest of the week, I cleaned it up. I did half an hour. I did all nice jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he was like, I noticed you cleaned it up. That's really great. I appreciate that. And that's good. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Great. I want to have you come and write, write for me on my yeah. show. A sitcom. I was like, cool. But after that, I never heard from him. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, and then his show happened and it was aired and I saw it. And I was like, oh, man, it's really, I mean, it wasn't all that great. You know what I mean? And it didn't last, but whatever. But I was like, oh, man, I think I could have helped punch that show up. Yeah. You know, but. Fuck, you know, like that's fucking up bad, right? Fucking up his no, name. It's, it, and like he, I said, he's it's on not my a, side. You, you, you wouldn't be malicious, you know. What, what can you do? I mean, you didn't mean to be like that, and um, um, it sucks, you know. Dude, I saw the co posts and comments on Facebook. Like, Everyone's so funny. He blew Rob Schneider out and oh, all this stuff like that. You yeah. know what I mean? I was like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, but that was terrible. It was like bad decision. What did I do that for? Like. I mean, but yeah, that's man. that's your job. Your job is not to make somebody look better. Your job is to be funny, and that's what you did. But you're right. I mean, there's there's also, certain times that when you play chess, you got to yeah. give up this piece to get that piece or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a rookie move I made totally. Um, but you know, Rob Schneider's under a lot of you know, I'm sure under a lot of pressure too because it just seemed like he's on Sandler's movie. I'm sure he makes a shitload of money. Oh yeah. But every movie he's on, he like it feels like. They are kind of picking on him. Do you sense that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure he's fucking tired of that shit too, you know? Yeah. I don't know the guy. I never met him. So I know our friend Earl Skako used to work a lot with him. Maybe he does still, but. But uh, he was a cool guy, though, yeah. dude. I mean, even for him to call me up and be like excited about Filipinos yeah. and stuff like that, that alone is enough. Yeah. Like, man. I, Rob Snyder knows who I am. He called yeah. me up. Like, fuck, that's cool. I fucked up. I, I'm so sorry. I apologize, you know? But I, I can't wait till you, you're in the same position like Rob Schneider and some other kid does it. And like, anyway, his name is like <laughs> <laughs> terrible, right? Oh, my God. Couldn't believe it. And I've never done that before. Yeah. Never done that. Even so today, I still haven't done that. Like, you know what I mean? Even if I had to write someone's name on the paper and do that whole joke. Yeah. This is a good friend of mine. And then you pull the paper out and read the guy's name. Yeah. Like, but, but wow. Dude. What can I do? Ooh. That's all that is. That's really funny. <laughs> oh, man. That would make me uncomfortable. Man. Because I've done it. Um, any other big names that you were before we finish? That you, you I think I, I, I remember I said, I don't think that's it. And then I pulled Rob Schneider out of my ass. Yeah. Uh, pretty much that's what I can think of. Uh, how does one follow you? What's your Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter account address? What are they? Oh, man. I'm one of those that got real confusing and it's all twisted backwards and shit. Oh, okay. But just just put Edwin Sanwan.com. Yeah. And then that's my splash page and it has all my Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on there. Yeah. You can go get it from that way. Yeah. And uh, check him out in, in um, Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood. Uh, next time when I talk to him, it'll be after interviewing uh, his wife. Uh, this is part one. 
Um, I want to hear that one. Yeah. And She's this got is, some juicy stories. This is called uh, Winter is Coming Part 1 because your daughter's name is going to be Jordan Winter at uh, San Juan. Yep, Jordan so Winter. So this is Winter is Coming Part 1, and Part 2 will be when I interview your wife in San Diego. Um, yeah, when, see, I mean, I, I don't even think you really need to prepare. You, you know how to talk. All the stories are interesting. I didn't know mm. most of it. And this is the kind of conversation people want to hear from you and your wife. And uh, when the baby shows up, because like I said, you're raising a child in Sin City. So it's really interesting. But I think I think you guys are ready, man. Mm. I don't want to get detail what, what Shay's background, but she had a life experience where she know how to prepare young women, young girl, young women to the world. And you um, knowing the, how to talk to people really funny way and the fact you work in a juvenile, I mean, uh, those facility, you right. know how to deal with kids. You know what to do to make a good kid and what not to do to make them a bad kid. Right. So, Positive reinforcement yeah. instead of punitive. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you know your shit, man. Um, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, dude. Well, anyway, thanks. You, so next time we're going to talk about uh, conventions and we're going to start doing it, but we, we're definitely going to talk Marvel because you love Marvel uh, comic books. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yes. I, I can't wait till we uh, talk more about it. Oh, Avengers and, um, coming out in May next year. Oh. And, uh, and um, please, please pray, pray for my bed, Edwin, because. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I put money on uh, week nine. If I don't make money on this thing, I, I got fucked this week. But, Man, but, but you know what? All your bets look great. I can't believe that. But they're all like food. historical upset and shit like yeah, that. That's what drives like, me crazy. Never in the history of sports has this ever happened until today. It's the day that you bet. That the game against Baltimore Ravens, I mean, I have to say, of course, I put money on Ravens. So when they call the foul, when they just throw a touchdown, I would have won. Oh, that looks man. like a bullshit. And then the game that uh, we were dancing in the living room. Yeah, remember that we were jumping for joy. And Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Colts, but it was he, Ben Roethlisberger broke fifty or sixty year old history for Pittsburgh having one of those crazy game with five hundred yards, yeah, you know, and six sick. fucking touchdowns. Right against a fucking Brady. No, 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 uh, Indianapolis Colts. Oh yeah, yeah, against the Colts. Yeah, yeah. jeez, that's still New England bit is the only one I actually won, and. Um, Fuck, what can I say? Um, but next uh, week nine NFL bet, I have, who did I put Chargers. money Chargers. I put money on Charger, Browns. Browns, I can't believe Eagles, you Eagles and Denver. Yeah, Broncos against Patriots. You got minus three Broncos. Eagles minus two and a half. Browns minus six and a half. Chargers plus two. So if I win that, um, I'm, I'm in the positive. If not, I, I really fucked myself over the week. But anyway... Edwin, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the show again. And thanks for putting me on the show. I want to thank your wife. Um, let, thanks for letting me stay. Aiko Tanaka is a big, big fan. He, she really appreciates you and Shay. And, um, and funny things, if it was for your wife moving out of there, uh, Aiko would have never met those two girls from New Zealand. Right. And, you know, Hosanna is like a big uh, beauty pageant slash finalist for New Zealand's next top model and Keisha Castro Hughes is like you know big star in um, New Zealand well she's going to be a big international star oh my god she's in Thrones right yeah she's next week she's going to be in uh, episodes of um, the, the Walking Dead and she's going to be in season 5 of Game of Thrones so all oh, that never would have happened never would have happened if she didn't, didn't move, move out. out yeah if it wasn't for your sperm your if it wasn't <laughs> for your penis uh, bringing a, a child to this world 
I would have never met the girl who's going to be in uh, my favorite show about, you know. That's about so、one. awesome. Is it, is, it, is it weird? Yeah. And because we met. If it wasn't for your dick, <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for your Filipino penis, <laughs> I would have never met this girl. That is crazy. Because Thrones is really like her favorite show. Your f a v o r i t e show. I fucking like, love it. And to think that you can know someone on the cast is one thing. Like, wow. Yeah. I already talked to her on the phone. She was, she, she's sweet. She loved ramen and she liked hanging <laughs> out with. She loved you Japanese food. You can show her your noodle.、Yeah. <laughs> and、um, and every time she's she's in LA, I'm not there. So、um, and and she plays the daughter of one of my favorite character in Game of Thrones,、uh, Oberlin Martell, who was killed in last season. But she, she played his oldest daughter. So, right.、Uh, her name、me. is、uh, Obara Sands. So I'm I'm really excited about her, Walking Dead, and、uh, yeah. Thank yeah. you and Shay. She's on your <laughs> screenshot, bro. She's great. <laughs> She's on your phone, on your screen. It's、saver. so funny because I saw that movie,、uh, Will Rider, and like, oh, it's so weird to see someone I, I know about. I didn't know her as a person when she was 12, but now after all these years, like, we're always a small place, you know? Yeah, so, it is very.、Uh, I can't wait till you meet,、uh, go hang out with Chris and, and see how many people Chris Gore knows. Th- that motherfucker, when you walk into comic book convention, it's like a. Fucking ambassador or something. Wow. You know? like、yeah. He's a, such a fucking higher up, you know? Right. That's awesome. I can't wait, man. I'm really excited. Let's make this happen, dude. Yeah. I do the. If, if he went to porn convention, I'm the Chris Gore. Right. I'm a fucking. But,、um, And if any of you guys get hurt and we have to go to the hospital, then that's my area <laughs> of expertise. <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Call me anytime. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're going to do your podcast. Too. We're going to do those convention comedy s h o w on the road. And I'm going to come back to Vegas. And、uh, yeah, everyone, just follow Edwin, Shay, and、uh, their daughter, Jordan. Right. Thanks, All right, guys.、Sir. Thanks for listening to the show. And talk to you guys soon.